it's not about sitting idle doing nothing while you're in the waiting period. God does not expect us to stop moving because he is because we're in the waiting period. God wants us to continue doing what we know to do. It just may be a pause until we move into the next level. Hi, I'm Lori Harp, and this is my podcast. Like most women, I wear many hats. I am a nurse, a wife, a mother, a friend, an encourager, but most importantly, I am a child of the Most High God. For many years, I believed the struggles I faced were because I was doing something wrong. I would hate myself for not being perfect. Then one day someone told me God loves me where I am. Yes, we all face struggles and we all have things to overcome, but with God, all things are possible. In this podcast, I want to unpack the many issues facing women today. There is nothing in this life, no mistake, no flaw, no scar, that is too much for God. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, let's discuss real life issues through the lens of God's love. Get ready, let's harp on it. Hey guys, welcome back to Harp On It Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Harp. I hope you guys have had a great week. It's been busy for me. I feel like sometimes I really need to just kind of slow down. Today, as I went to church and listened to our pastor, he was mentioning slowing down. And it's so easy to get so caught up in the rat race and the busyness of our day that we don't take time to slow down and really listen to the Lord I try very hard to spend time with the Lord every day. What I find is easy for me to get stuck in a rut with is going to the Lord with my to-do list and going to the Lord with my prayer list and going to the Lord with all of my wants and my needs and not taking time to allow the Lord to really minister to my soul and allowing myself time to hear the Lord speak to me. So I want to challenge you as I challenge myself going into this next week to just take five or 10 minutes to just meditate on the Lord and on his goodness and not on anything like what you need or what you want or what other people need or what other people want, but just meditate on the Lord's goodness and just take time to sit in his presence and allow him to speak to your spirit. I am going to try really hard this week to carve out an extra 10 or 15 minutes in my prayer time to see if I can really listen and hone in and just allow the Lord to speak more to me and allow my spirit to speak to his spirit a little bit more. I will let you know next week how that goes. I am hopeful that it will really refresh my soul and really give me some clarity and some peace in all of this chaos because it just seems like the moment I open my bedroom door to go and face the rest of the world, it's just chaos from that moment forward. So I am hopeful that this will help. So I just really want to encourage you guys to kind of take on that challenge with me. 
I am really excited about this week's lesson. I thought I was going to go a different direction, but this week I am talking about the waiting period or the waiting room or the time between what we feel the Lord says and the fruition of that dream, that vision we have been told. For me, I believe that the Lord told me to launch this podcast and I believe that the Lord told me to write my book. I believe very strongly that the Lord has tremendous plans in my life and I have a very large vision of where the Lord is taking me. A lot of those things have not come to fruition and so at times it can be very frustrating for me because I feel like I am in a waiting room or I am in a waiting point in my life. And so it's hard not to want to throw my hands up in the air and just say, okay, I quit. I'm not ever going to get where I want to go. I'm not ever going to be where I want to be. So I'll just stop. But Paul says that we have to, in the Bible, that we have to keep running the race and we have to keep pushing forward. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. So we have to keep putting our next foot forward, our next foot forward. This week I had a patient um, that got really, really frustrated. So in my area of work, I'm a case manager. So I usually do discharge planning. I usually do assessment just to make sure that patients have everything that they need before they leave the hospital. But sometimes I'm called to do a myriad of things. Well, this week I had a patient that was very, very frustrated and very, very upset. And sometimes if there's nobody else to do this particular job, I am called in to do what they call um, service recovery. In that I'll walk in a room and try and help a patient calm down or get back to a position where they're not so angry. And this particular patient I had developed a relationship with, so I felt like maybe I would be able to do that. This patient I'm going to call patient X was supposed to have a procedure and he was very, very frustrated because he had been waiting all day long and had not gone for his procedure. Part of the problem with this was anytime we have a procedure in the hospital, you can't eat anything. So this patient had been uh, cut off of food and drink at midnight and it was about three or four o'clock in the afternoon. So you can see he had been without food or drink for a very long time. And then the procedure that he was going to go for was a, a very stressful procedure for him because there was a possibility that he might lose his foot with this procedure. So there was a lot of anxiety that went along with this and that he didn't know what the outcome was going to be. So going in to try and do some service recovery, I really didn't know exactly what to do except to listen to Mr. X and try and be compassionate and understanding and try and hear what his frustration was. As I stood there and listened to Mr. X, I heard him say more than one or two or three or four times that his biggest frustration was it looked like nobody was doing anything at all and nobody cared about his plight. Nobody cared that he was in 
pain. Nobody cared that he was frustrated. Nobody cared that he was anxious. They all just went on about their business as though it was um, status quo, business as usual. And he was, his whole world was about to be turned upside down and nobody cared. So as I'm listening to him talk about this, I realize how impactful it was to my life as well, or how it correlated to my life. So I'm listening to Mr. X and I look at Mr. X and I said, Mr. X, do you realize how many things go on behind the scenes so that your procedure can happen? I said, you know, the, the operating room has to be prepped. There has to be nurses. There has to be an anesthesiologist. There has to be a surgeon. Lab work has to be drawn. You have to be typed and crossed. There has to be blood available. The instruments have to be cleaned. The equipment has to be there. And that's just a few of the things. So Mr. X, can we both agree that even though we can't see what's happening, there are a ton of things that are happening while we're in this waiting period? He agreed reluctantly. And shortly after we had that conversation, they came and took Mr. X to his procedure. And thankfully, Mr. X's procedure was much better than what he thought it was going to be. And Mr. X didn't have to have his foot amputated. And they were able to clean up the wound. And he was able to have IV antibiotics. And he's not going to lose his fit, foot. And everything is going to work out for a better benefit for him. But what I want to hone in on is... How many times do we as Christians get frustrated with our Heavenly Father because we can't see what's going on simultaneously while we're in the waiting room? God is always operating on our behalf. He's always moving things for purpose to work things out for our good. Remember, Romans 8.28 says, All things work for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. We cannot rely on what we see or what we feel in our moments in the waiting period, or for that matter, any other time. But especially not in the waiting period, because our frustrations get so high in the times that we're waiting. I love the verse in Isaiah forty thirty one. It says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up upon wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. One of the things I really love about this verse, it's, it says they wait upon the Lord. Now, when I first read this verse, I thought, you know, they wait upon the Lord. It just kind of gives me an image of somebody sitting on the side of the road, sitting on the curb, you know, maybe just hanging out, waiting upon the Lord. But then I started really pondering this, and I really think it means almost like a waiter or a waitress would wait upon a table, and that they're just waiting upon what the Lord is saying. They're waiting for the next instruction by the Lord so that they can do what the Lord is saying. I am waiting on 
the Lord. I'm waiting for him to tell me what is next. I'm waiting for him to give me some instruction. I'm not sitting down and doing nothing. Waiting, but I don't sit idle. I think there's a difference here between waiting and and being attentive to the Lord and sitting idle as though I'm sitting just waiting for something magical to happen to come up and slap me on the face. I want to take a few minutes and look at Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2. In Acts chapter 1, we see that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and he has spent some time with the disciples after his resurrection, about uh, 40 days. And I am starting about verse 4 in chapter 1. And we see that they have assembled together, the disciples and Jesus. And Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's telling them to get prepared for something that's about to happen. And he says to them, he said, you've heard from me that you were baptized by John, John the Baptist, baptized you by water. But I'm going to baptize you by the Holy Spirit. So he's telling them that he doesn't want them to leave Israel. He wants them to stay and wait around for this baptism of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. And so he says, when this happens, when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall witness to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And then now while he has spoken these things, I'm in Acts chapter 1 verse 9 now, and it says, now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud and received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards the heaven, two men stood in white apparel, stood in front of him and said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here gazing up in heaven? Jesus this same Jesus who was taken up in heaven will come in a like manner you saw him go to heaven. In other words, they're saying, why are you standing here looking for Jesus? He's going to come back. And he's going to come back in the same manner that he just left. So Jesus has instructed his disciples to hang around in Jerusalem and wait for this baptism of the Holy Ghost. So they're instructed to go hang out in a waiting period. They're to wait upon the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, do the disciples just go find some place and sit down and do nothing? No, they don't. As we read on, we hear, we see that the disciples go from that where Jesus ascended and then they return to Jerusalem and they go into what they call the upper room and they gather there and they pray and they are in one accord, meaning they all agree to pray and worship the Lord. 
and they pray and they continue to pray and worship the Lord. And I suspect that they gather at the upper room, they have their meals and then they go to the temple and they pray and then they go back to the upper room and then they go to the temple and pray. And then while they're doing this, they realize they need to replace Judas. Now, Judas, remember, was the disciple who betrayed Jesus and sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. So they have a disciple short. So in Jewish custom, one of their things they would do to replace is they would throw lots. So they chose two men and threw lots between the two of them. And they chose Matthias, and he became the 12th disciple again. And once they had chose the 12th disciple, they were still at the upper room, and they were still doing what they were supposed to. So they're still praying, and they're still going about their business, waiting upon the Lord. They're still doing what they know to do, which is worshiping the Lord and praying and doing about their business and waiting for the coming of the of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to jump into Acts chapter 2 beginning in verse 1 and it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all in one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and then there appeared them divided tons as fire that sat upon each of them and there were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues and the spirit gave them utterance now i'm not going to go into the theological discussion of all of this i just want you to understand that the disciples were obedient to sit in the waiting period. Now, for here, it was 10 days. Now, some of us have had waiting periods that have been years. Some of us have had moments. Some of us have had hours. And some of us have had many, many years. Whatever that time frame is, we have to be obedient. But again, I want you to pay attention to a couple of things. It's not about sitting idle doing nothing while you're in the waiting period. God does not expect us to stop moving because he is because we're in the waiting period. God wants us to continue doing what we know to do. It just may be a pause until we move into the next level. We are never told to pack our bags and go sit up on a hill and wait for Jesus Christ to come back. We all know that Jesus is coming again and that he's coming back for a bride, but we don't know when that time is going to be. So if we all packed our bags and went and sat on a hill and did nothing, we'd be of no good to God or to the people around us. We have to continue doing what we know to do until God moves us into the next level. Waiting on the Lord does not mean we sit down and do nothing. I have three steps that should help you with the waiting period. They're not simple to-dos though. They're things that we do all the time 
that will help continue us on our path and hopefully change our perspective off the waiting onto our Savior so the waiting doesn't seem as difficult. The waiting is still going to be there. There is no quick and easy way to get through the waiting period because the waiting period is necessary. Let me explain. When I launched my podcast in September of last year, I truly felt like the Lord was going to move me from launching the podcast to being viral to being extremely large in a matter of moments. Do I believe that the Lord is going to bring us to that point? Absolutely. Do I believe that the Lord is going to move me into different directions? Absolutely. But I can see how much the Lord has allowed me to grow from the launching of my podcast in September till now. So if we had gone viral from the beginning, we would have lost a lot of things along the way. God's timing is always perfect, even though it's not always pleasant. I want to say that one more time. God's timing is always perfect, even though it's not always pleasant. I believe with everything I have in me that God has called me and ordained me to do this at this time. I believe with everything in me that God has a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for all of this. And so I, with my faith, am going to step out in everything that I have. What God does with that is God's choice. But I am just going to consistently step into that. Here's our three steps. Number one, time in God's word. Time in God's word will teach you God's character. The more you know about God's character, the more you're going to understand who he is and understand his faithfulness so that when you are in a waiting period, you can understand that you can trust him. You can understand that he is faithful so that when you are in that waiting period, you can relax and know that he is going to be faithful to complete a good work he begun in you. And you can trust that he has a plan and a purpose that is good for your life. Number two, time in prayer. You need to have time with the Heavenly Father that you have time that you talk to Him. You need to know His voice. The Bible says that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. If you do not spend time in prayer talking to Him, how do you know what He sounds like? When a baby is born and he has spent all that time in his mama's womb listening to his mama talk, and if daddies talk to their babies and they lay on mama's tummy and talk to the baby, when daddy talks in the room, the baby turns to the head, turns their head to look at the daddy, or they turn to look at the mama. Why? Because they know their voice. If you spend time in prayer, you will know your father's voice. You will know the Lord's voice so that when 
God tells you something, you will know it's him and you will be able to say, oh, that's God. I'll go do that. Third thing, spending time in his presence. This one is a little bit more tricky because it's hard at times to shut the world out and just spend time with the Lord. For me, one of the tangible ways that I spend time in the Lord's presence is putting on praise music. I find that praise music brings me into the Holy of Holies or in God's presence the easiest. I find that if I can shut out the rest of the world and just sit and let the praise music saturate my soul and speak to my heart and speak to my spirit, it refreshes and renews me. I also have found that if I can sit and just be, that that helps me hear from the Lord. I have a very hard time shutting my mouth. So if I can just be quiet for a while, that helps me reset and recalibrate. But I will say that worship music helps me get in the presence of the Lord more than anything so that I can just saturate in his presence and know that he loves me. And in his presence, I am reminded of what he has done for me so that I am aware of who I am to him and what I am to him. Jesus told the disciples to remain in Jerusalem. He told the disciples that there was going to be a baptism of the Holy Ghost. He instructed them to wait until that baptism came. And he said it would come soon, but soon is relative for the Lord. Sometimes soon means hours, sometimes soon means days, sometimes soon means years. But the disciples knew that God was true to what he said. And Jesus was going to baptize them in the Holy Ghost. But they took this time in the waiting period to continue to seek God's face, to continue to pray and worship. They continued to meet in one accord. They continued to commune with one another. They continued to go to the temple to read God's word, to pray, and to spend time in God's presence. And they continued to use this time in the waiting period to prepare their hearts for what God had in store for them so that when God poured out the day of Pentecost and poured out the Holy Ghost upon them on the day of Pentecost, they were ready for the next level. And when that happened and all the people heard the utterances in their own language, they were amazed and they they heard all of these people 
that didn't speak their language, speaking in their own native tongues. And they were baffled. And because of this miraculous occurrence, and because of the fulfillment of these prophecies from from the Old Testament in, in the book of Joel, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached to thousands of people and brought them into the kingdom of God and they became part of the first Christ the first church you realize what an impact this had on God's kingdom because Peter and the other disciples were obedient to what God had said to them they did what he said they went and waited upon what the Lord had told them to. They waited in the waiting period, but they didn't sit idle. They didn't just sit around and do nothing. They waited upon the Lord. They sought his face and they spent time in God's word. They spent time praying and they spent time in his presence. And what a dynamic impact they had at the next level. I pray that the next time you're in the waiting period, you remember these moments and that God is going to use your waiting period to get you prepared for the next level. There is purpose in this time But you have to let him work in this time. And you have to be aware that he has a plan and a purpose for you. And you can sit back and you can trust him to do above and beyond what you can think or imagine. And he is going to do great things in your life. I love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. If you want to stay in the know for all things Heart Ministries, check out our website at heartministries.org. In there, you'll see the latest episodes of Harp On It, upcoming events, and our newly released book entitled, How Can I Leap Tall Buildings When I Can't Get My Tights On? Thank you again for tuning in today. See you all next week.